When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And you're listening to the Canned Air Podcast. That's right. And hardcore. Make sure you keep listening. You don't want to get pruned. Everyone and welcome to another episode of Candare, your tribute to pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. Sitting in for Randy tonight is artist and good friend of the show. I mean, Christ, he's pretty much the fourth member now, right? I pretty mean, much. We yeah. haven't discussed it, but I mean, it just seems like you—that's just kind of your placement, Josh. Would you agree? Yeah, I would say all killer, <laughs> no filler, but I'm the filler, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm enjoying it. I'm having fun sitting in. Glad, we're glad to have you, man. It's always fun having you here. And returning to the show, this is his this gentleman's fourth time on the show. He uh, was first on in episode 42, Jack. Ooh. 42. Well, that's before 50. <laughs> you aren't wrong. You aren't wrong. But I always love having um, people on who have stuck with us through our journey. Absolutely. He was also on, through two, on uh, 206 and then 403. And we're just honored to have him back here today. The creator of the webcomic Boots and Pop, comic creator John Yaskatis Jr. John, thanks so much for being back, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I'm really excited to be here. And I will say that last time around, I broke the um, my bad the bad luck streak of having a very famous celebrity die um, <laughs> right before the right right before the filming of the show. So I'm 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 feeling good about this. Yeah. I, you know, I'm not going to lie. It did come up in conversation. Yeah, I've been <laughs> watching tabloids. We've had our eye on TMZ all afternoon. <laughs> but I think we I think we got through. We were mm-hmm. we had our eye on Jamie Foxx. So I was like, what's going on with Jamie? Today's the day. John's coming on. <laughs> oh, boy. No, no, no. I, I don't know, know that I could, could come back after that. So. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. We'd, we'd still have to yeah. podcast, John. That's just how it is, man. <laughs> you got to channel that uh, cosmic energy towards someone deserving like who who needs to be uh, wiped off the playing field let's keep kanye west in mind for the next uh, few months and then have <laughs> anyway we don't wish anyone ill not even kanye west um, not even kanye anyway <laughs> we've got a good show for you guys today in our retro round table we're going to be talking aliens and ufos from throughout pop culture I mean, any every single day you look at the news, it seems like there's new videos of a new UFO, uh, and I don't know. What any opinions, gentlemen, on why we're seeing so many more UFO photos now than ever? Because it's easier to make it on your phone. Yeah, but we've had these phones all easier to make. (laughs) But I mean, some of these are from the Pentagon. Well, that's true. Yeah, they debunked all that stuff. Why now? Why are they showing us now? Very intriguing, very intriguing. And it's one of those things where for quite some time there was a drought and you actually thought, oh, okay, it's going away. Then one day the the ATIP guys show up and say, hey, by the way, 
Well, actually, uh, we'll, we'll take it all the way back to um, Blink-182 there with um, the lead singer coming out, coming out and kind of going and doing his um, little, I'm disappearing to go chase UFOs. And everyone's thinking, wow, this is bonkers. And then he comes back and he's legitimately part of this organization that has been cracking some of these, um, really kind of, kind of bringing it to the forefront again. So um, hats Ooh. off to him. Did he really? I yeah. didn't know that. Tom DeLong or? Yeah. Yep, Tom DeLong. It huh. was um, to the stars. I think was the organization that he was part of. But I, wow. I, I just remember, I just remember seeing it. So, oh man, this is we're we're, we're, we're losing a, a talented guy, and instead he he showed us all and really got got involved with us and brought it back. And now they're having hearings almost every other week. I mean, if, if we're not impeaching somebody, we're talking about the latest run-in that the Navy's had with a UFO or a, uh, actually the UAP, right? Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Can't call phenomena. UFO now. It sounds Can't too sci-fi. <laughs> yeah. And then he got back with the rest of the band too. So there you go. <laughs> Another happy <Yeah>. ending. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm excited to touch on all this because we, other than the fictional part of alien UFOs, John, you had mentioned uh, through text message that uh, you know you kind of research, maybe not research, but you're very much into uh, UFO and like the shadow people kind of stuff. So we, I've got to scratch your brain on that here in a little bit, but. Sure. Got to get the information out before we get started. Don't forget to find us on Twitter at CandairPod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. And head over to CandairPodcast.com. Two ways you can support us. Their merch tab with a whole bunch of different designs designed by our very own Joshua Bellis. Josh, once again, thank you. Never stop thanking you for that brilliant art. Check it out on our Instagram or just at the merch uh, tab. Or you can support us by uh, signing up with our Patreon. Five to $10 a month gets you access to a bunch of extra content that uh the normal people aren't getting you've got to be pretty special to be mm-hmm. in there, i guess and uh what am i forgetting jack uh the network that we are on the podcast network evergreen podcast mm-hmm. go over there check them out see all the good shows but listen to us yeah listen to us first and all right let's just kick it off with this week's retro round table atomic batteries to power Holy impregnability! All right, guys, back to UFOs. You were saying, John, <laughs> Blink One Eighty Two are UFO hunters? Well, at least one third of them. Wow! No, I'd never heard that. Mm-mm. But he come, he came back with. You said some kind of. Uh, did he come back with like evidence or something, or are you just saying that how, like how in much, how involved he was with that organization? Yeah, no, he, they they were gonna um, drop something. Um, that was kind of the big big deal. He says something's coming, something's coming, and then it was. Um, forgive me, I didn't I didn't even catch up on this, so I'm kind of pulling from my memory. Yeah, on all it. right, but um, he, he and the gentleman that is, I think, the forefront of the eight uh, of the um, to the stars movement kind of came forward, and they they did release some of the video, and it was the um, Tic Tac video, I believe. That was oh. that was the deal there. Yeah, okay. yeah, and, and and so they're all kind of involved. I don't know whether he's still involved with it. I again haven't caught up with it, but yeah, it was kind of kind of interesting. So really, pop culture really colliding with um, what we know, or, or yeah. at least advancing the, the conversation about it. Um, you're so, you're yeah. talking about the video of the uh, the Tic Tac thing because I know there's been a few of the Tic Tac videos, but the one that's above the water, like quickly, like forming yeah. the cross shape. 
Yep, I believe that. I believe that's the one. So, yeah. I, 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 now I'm, I feel like after the show, I I'm going to go and do the research I probably should have done beforehand to sound like an expert. <laughs> it was a Tic Tac. It looked like a Tic Tac. Oh, it was shaped like a Tic Tac. It wasn't yeah, like an actual Tic Tac, but those um, are little aliens because Tic Tacs are only this big. <laughs> Who was it I saw today on the trash news? What you know, like when you pull up MSN and there's just all those like garbage news articles. Yeah. Was it like Demi Lovato like spotted a UFO or something? <laughs> She's really one to uh, yeah, very credible source. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, no, seriously, it just seems like it's happening all the time. It just makes me think like, what are they prepping us for? Like, why why all this all the sudden declassification? Why now? <laughs> Why now? And yeah. now they've got the. Have you guys seen the the web telescope images? Uh. Uh-uh. Oh, they're incredible. Yes. They're yeah, I saw them on your desktop. Oh man, they looked so, just that one looked so cool. One photograph so, oh, gosh, caught the resolution over two hundred different like solar systems. Oh, I know it. Yeah, it almost kind of looks like Josh's background there. Eh, yeah. A little bit less spaceships <laughs> and uh, rockets flying <laughs> words, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> But it was pretty in, uh, incredible. If you guys haven't seen those pictures, look them up because it's incredible. But makes you feel small, really. Oh, I mean, yeah. you know, you look into space long enough and you realize how small we are. But you see that, like, wow, this is illustrated in a way that I just—you don't. It doesn't even look real. It looks like someone it put doesn't. that together. Well, to think but, each little spot of light is a galaxy. Yeah, and how yeah. big? And they're the in colors. Yeah, colors yeah. of these galaxies. It's hard to wrap your oh, yeah man. because they all those images just look like '90s trapper keepers. They don't look like something <laughs> that's real. You know what I mean? But yeah, the, the constant reminding yourself like what you're looking at is an actual photograph of space, deep, deep, deep space. What color is our and, galaxy? Well, Jack, I it's don't like know. White or yellow, isn't it? That's all the pictures I always seen. I don't know. Have, have I think we, of it as like a blue or a purple, but. That might be artistic renditions. Yeah. Have we left you, our you, Milky Way and then turned around and like selfied the Milky Way? Have we done that? I don't, I'm being I'm serious. Not... Yeah, you might need to take take a trip, take a ride, and see what it looks like. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. hook up some it's, RGB it's, into those stars so you can change it. Keep them <laughs> the aliens guessing. They're like, it was blue last time. <laughs> Just in case they're evil. All our navigation Gosh. systems all fucked up now. <laughs> so we got to go back. Those cool. humans are throwing and, us off. They're smart. And that's right. the thing. If it's that if it's that big, how do they even know like to visit us? Like, there's so many opportunities not to not to visit us, not to be here. Yeah. yeah. Why here? Why now? And it's, you had mentioned about um, talk, talking about some of the the paranormal aspects of things. I um I, I'm kind of a skeptic, and I'm I'm only a skeptic because I I need to see to believe. And mm-hmm. so the same way. Yeah. Uh, and unless someone can come to me and say, look, let me explain to you, let me talk to you about my experiences. And I have to feel that that person's experiences, you know, are, are something I can, I can truly grab onto. It really is tough for me. So I, I've always spent my life, my life curious, but doubting and needing and feeling that evidence. And it's still one of those things where, you know, everybody's got cameras now. There was a time 10 years ago, 15 years ago, even when the, that that Tic Tac video came out, which I or was filmed, which I think was 2005 or around there. No, they were less really cam- that old. Yeah, one of them was. And there were there were less um, cameras back then than there are now. But we're still having a situation where we're not catching at anything. And I actually um, watched Close Encounters last night for the first time in probably two decades with my um, with a buddy and 
I totally forgot kind of what it was about. I just thought, oh, this was a great movie. This was something. I'm sorry. If you can hear the, the little aliens barking behind me, apparently <laughs> my, my, my dogs are I'm telling you that someone's walking up the street. So my oh. apologies for that. But um, the, the, I, even seeing that, that movie and the, the statement was, well, back then, you know, 8 million photographs are taken a year and hardly anyone's taking pictures of these things. So it's, it always fascinates me to know that we have more technology that can aid in this, but we're still not seeing it. I'm not seeing it. Yeah. Um, and it, it's just, I, you know, some, something that either has to give or, you know, we're just going to continue going on being like, well, it could be true. Maybe it's not true. They just don't know. Just not having figured out. Maybe so they're I, just uh, being more careful now that they know we've got better cameras. You would think so, and that's that was really watching um, and, and uh, watching the movie last night, watching Close Encounters, is just how uncareful and how mischievous or drunk these aliens really were because of <laughs> right. all the crap they were doing in the movie. I'm like, I, I, it made no sense sense to me looking at like this is logically how you would have first contact with with, a, with, with humans by just being like gremlins almost. It's like kind of like Steven Spielberg had concepts of different movies and he's kind of going to kick them all off in one and see which way it goes because you had some gremlins you had some et you had had some um poltergeist in there even mm -hmm. it was just a real weird surreal um experience in my more advanced age no i get it that movie is so good i haven't seen it in so long but i mean the, the part that obviously stands out in my mind is yeah the, the first contact moment with the mothership like comes over the what do they call that that peak the that he's he makes out of the mashed potatoes. He uh, has a which mountain? Devil's like, Tower. Devil's Tower. Tower. Thank you. That was horrifying because I always just think about like what I would do in that situation. Like <laughs> other than shit myself and fall into cardiac arrest, like I don't know what I would do. Like I don't know how, if I could sit there and be calm to see something that big fly right over my head and like start making noises. You know, I don't know. I know I wouldn't blink, but I would probably want to blink just to see. If I blinked, if it would be gone, and it was just something I saw, but then you, you want to keep watching it to to see if it really is real. I think fight or flight would like kick in immediately. I think I'd just be gone without even wanting to be. I think that I would want to stay and see it happen, but I think I'd just be gone. You know. I think part of the reason why, with everyone having a camera and the cameras being so good, is because the cameras are facing the wrong way. They're facing. <laughs> faces now a lot of those things look like aliens don't they yeah <laughs> but yeah anyway unless there was anything else to add on that we could start we can start going around and saying some of our picks you already mentioned close encounters of the third kind which was on my list a great pick but um who, who wants to go first i'll go go mine is uh more for aliens i guess the spaceship was kind of all right it was just the normal classic saucer one but the mars attacks aliens Oh, God. Mm -hmm. They were funny. Disturbing. <laughs> oh, very. But didn't they make, like, funny noises and stuff? Yeah, they they were kind of like ack, ack. minions before minions, in a way. Kind of, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Evil minions. First they, minions. Yeah, when that movie came out, I wanted to see it so bad, but I didn't get to see it until I was later an adult. Mm. And by then, the graphics. <laughs> wow. The graphics are horrid. Horrid. It's You can't even enjoy it. Well, just Sarah Jessica Parker, Parker and Pierce Brosnan's heads on Chihuahua oh, bodies yeah. <laughs> never, never did look good. It never did really settle. No, yeah. that was probably the worst I, part of that movie. 
Jim Brown uh, was it Jim Brown the football player? Um, was that who, who was in it as the um, Pharaoh guy at at Caesars? Oh, um, I remember. Recall. Yeah, yeah, I think so. That that was that was a fun pod. Tim Burton was still on his game. I think he had done Ed Wood, and then he went on to that one. Um, and I think he had, had some really fun, real fun there. But also, I think it was also competing or came right after Independence Day. So that yes. was like a real mm. big alien invasion summer thing happening there. Yeah. That was going to be uh, my next pick. So I'll just go ahead and say Independence oh. Day because, I mean, looking at it now, um, it hasn't aged well, <laughs> I don't think. Really? I don't think so. I, oh. That's just my one man's opinion, though. <laughs> I know um, the White House getting blown up. The frames are a little bit lower than they probably should I'm not, be now. I'm not talking about no, that looks great. special <laughs> effects. I'm just talking about the way it's written. I mean, it's so, so 90s. And there's like, I don't know, like when Bill Pullman asked the alien, what do you want us to do? Like, it was so loaded. It was like such a loaded question. What's he going to say other than die? <laughs> yeah. But uh, at the time... Fuck was that movie everything. That movie was everything when it came out. It was. I made my dad take me to see it when it came out on VHS. I was at the store the day it came out to get it, and I wore it out. I just loved it. The aliens looked badass. They looked so cool. Um, the spaceships looked even cooler. Those like little disc things. like mm -hmm. They almost looked like the bodies of a crab or something. Yeah. They were so neat Yeah, the looking. little small spaceships. Even the big ships, how just... I mean, they were big discs too, but when you see them from the side, like when the planes are coming up and seeing actually how tall yeah. it was, that was, yeah, that was kind of dwarfing. And it, it was kind of like a very close encounters of the third kind moment uh, when those helicopters first fly up to the ship and you see it open. You're like, what's it going to do? Is it going to like shine? Because they remember they had like the, I think they called it the welcome wagon, which was a big helicopter, had all kinds of lights on it that was oh, doing right, all kinds yeah. of patterns, you know, very much in the same effect as close encounters, minus the music. And they just <laughs> blow them straight to fuck up. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> But yeah, um, watching that movie, you know, over 20 years later and then seeing the second Independence Day. Oh, man, what a train wreck of a film. Was that the first movie that was, uh, oh, what the heck's the genre called? Where like the earth is going to get destroyed type of thing? Like they Disaster have film? Yeah. <clears throat> I don't think no, because I think um, like all the... The meteor movies had happened. There was like Deep Impact. Oh, that's right. There was there Armageddon. Was, yeah. Then there was Volcano. like Volcano. Yeah, right. yeah. okay. At the same time as like Dante's Peak was out. Yeah. Then there was a <laughs> Twister. Yeah. That's Man, right. there were disaster movies up the ass in the 90s. <laughs> then, no, it wasn't the first one. <laughs> no. <laughs> no I couldn't not. remember what was before that, but yeah, it was definitely not. Anything else on Independence Day before we move on? I still haven't seen the second one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they resurrect characters they killed in the first one, and like, <laughs> what? Yeah, I've tried watching it. I, I've I've tried watching it a couple of times, and I just can't get into it. No, I I, I do like the fact that you know Judd Hirsch <laughs> comes back. He's Judd Hirsch and Javi Firestein were to me some of the best characters that came out of that um uh, out of Independence Day in '95. Very entertaining. Yeah, cousin Eddie didn't make an appearance in that, did he? No, he died in the first one. But hey, so oh, did Brent right. Spiner, well, and they say, brought him yeah. back. So, like, what do I know? But what the hell did they explain that away? He'd just been in a coma or something. Like, he wasn't actually dead. But 
He looked pretty damn dead in that first movie. Too. Yeah, when they slapped him up against the glass, <laughs> he sure shit was dead. Then they like uncoil the tentacle from around his neck. They're like smacking his face. He's pale white. <laughs> dead. <laughs> He's like seconds away from rigor mortis. <laughs> All right, uh, Josh, what about you, man? Uh, well, I've got a bunch of picks, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick one that slightly relates to what we were just talking about. We recently watched Muppets from Space from oh, 1999. Man. Have you guys seen that? Oh, yeah. Uh, not since 1999. Yes? Yeah. <laughs> it, I watched that a bunch as a kid growing up because I was born in 95 and I watched it when I was young. Loved it. I didn't realize all the references it has to other sci-fi films. One of mm. which is Independence Day. There's really? a scene where like Rizzo the rat and yeah. it's it's going to sound like nonsense unless you've seen the movie, but he's like <laughs> becomes a lab rat and they bust out of the lab before Gonzo is about to get his brain sucked out and they're like attacking the guy who's going to operate on Gonzo and he's like the men in black open the curtain to like show them show off the alien they just captured and like this Muppet guy gets put up against the glass and he's like release me there's like rats crawling <laughs> all over him <laughs> disturbing in the moment there's actually a bunch of disturbing moments but when we were watching it I was noting all the different references they reference Independence Day Close Encounters they have a reference to and that's where he has like he makes the mountain out of mashed potatoes yeah right they reference that. They have like a gonzo head out of mashed potatoes. Oh, Men in real. Black. <laughs> they have a Shawshank Redemption reference in there. Wow. wow. And Hitchhiker's Guide to the to the Galaxy. It's wow, like they were covering all bases yeah, on that were. one. Oh my yeah, like a lot of spoofs and probably more that I don't even recognize, but like I would I watched that first. Like it was one of the first movies I watched. And then as the years went on, I watched these other films. Like, oh my gosh. Muppets Wait, were on that. <laughs> when did it come out? Ninety nine. Hitchhiker's Guide came out way after that, so they were probably referencing maybe the, the book. book. Yeah, they would have. Yeah, well, the book. it seemed like a reference. Maybe, maybe I'm drawing lines where there aren't any. Maybe, but <laughs> maybe oh, Hitchhiker yeah. stole it from Muppets. Oh no! Gosh, <laughs> oh, that's a conspiracy. Candair's getting into deep diving. We don't fuck around on Candair. <laughs> we get to the bottom of the map. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> all right john how about you man yeah so um just talk for, for me it's looking back to as a child growing up and the movies you're exposed to and the earliest ones and you know close encounters for me was the earliest one that i think i was exposed to that wasn't like a tv show like my favorite martian or even like the flintstones or the great kazoo but <laughs> yeah. um and of course, Star Wars, which I don't consider like there's aliens and everything, but to me, that's a whole different world. That's, just, that's uh, space fantasy, fantasy more than yeah. it is anything. Yeah. 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 But the, the first one that kind of got me on, you know, TV um, and even kind of in the in the movies, I didn't see it there. But just when it came about was Invaders from Mars. I don't know if you remember that one kind of a campy. Um, it was a remake from the from the 1950s. I think that there was a mo or, or an early movie. Um, yeah, it was just about basically, you know, aliens taking over a town and this kid being the one that's seeing it and noticing it. Um, all the um, people who got taken over had these little like little green tentacles in the back of their neck so you could tell. Um, it was one of those ones that kind of stuck out. And it's it's even one of those things that like a watch through, um, you know, as an adult, you still kind of watch and say, wow, this has just got everything 80s camp in it for a uh, science fiction horror movie. Hmm. Definitely, definitely worth checking out. What year did that come out again? I'm sorry. 1986. Same year as Aliens. Oh, wow. Oh. Okay. No, I, I feel mm -hmm. like I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. Mm -mm. 
Josh is making sure I see a lot of these movies I haven't seen before, haven't you, Ben? <laughs> oh, yeah. Got the collection. If you need the hookups, yeah. you know to call. Although not, <laughs> not, not for long, though, so you better get them in while you can. Yeah, I better get on it. Okay, uh, where were we? Uh, Jack. See, I don't know. Let's. John might be one of the only ones that remembers this one, but the show V from back in oh, the 80s. Oh, my gosh, yes. There was, there was the two miniseries and the... Um, one season of the show um, starring um, Richard Eng- England in it from um, Nightmare on Elm Street. Was Robert it Richard England, or Ben? Yeah. No, Richard. Robert. Oh, Robert. I'm sorry. Yeah. There's so many England Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Richard was a special effects guy. Did it only last one season? One season, yeah. Wow. Um, and they brought some of the cast in, and I think they introduced new cast to it. But those two, two uh, miniseries were great. And I, within the last 20 years, have watched them again. I still think that they held up. Now, I could be wrong. People could message me and say, you're completely full of shit. But um, I just remember them being like, wow, these were good. They were good. They did the remake on sci-fi in the 2000s, too. Which that was... Was it 99? 2009. Oh, 2009. Says Google. (laughs) Mm. It was pretty good, too. It had, what, Deadpool's girlfriend in it. She was the queen. Oh, boy. She was super cute in that one. She's yeah. always super cute. Yeah. I am sweet on her. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what was this show about, though? Like It was a bunch of aliens came to Earth, and they look like us, but then you find out later on that they're actually wearing like latex suits. They look like lizards. Huh. Yeah, lizard people. Yeah. yeah, Oh, lizard people. So I was going nice. on angling toward they live. It kind of sounds like that, but kind of not not quite kinda, the same. Kinda, they weren't lizards. Yeah, and the, and these guys that they came with came for basically representing us, looking like us, and saying we're here for peace. We're here to help advance, you know, the your society. And then it ended up um, turning people. It was almost a parallel to I think occupied like Germany or Germany occupying France type deal ended up happening. And then they end up becoming a resistance that fought fought back against them. And again, the lizard people mantra that you know people believe that there are lizard people out there that um, sure. are controlling the destiny of the world, right? So <laughs> it had had all that, and maybe this was the origin of it. I don't know, but it was it was very fun, very fun sci-fi. And the Beastmaster was the head of the resistance. That's right, the Beast Mark Stinger. That's quite the name. <laughs> you never seen that either. No. Oh, that movie's good. They had a movie too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the beast. That, that was the name of the, the Beastmaster. Oh, the guy that played the Beastmaster was in V. Oh, I thought. Okay, see, you're confusing me. I thought the Beastmaster was from V, like no, a character from no, V. You're oh, just no. saying that's what I was actor. thinking. Yeah, we got there. <laughs> um, brings us back to Josh. Do you want a more recent one or a slightly older one? Uh, I don't care. Whatever you want to do. Let's go All more right. recent. Yes, good good choice. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, The Alien from Nope, the recent Ooh, okay. uh, sci-fi I epic. I haven't finished it. Oh, well, I can't say too much then, but we'll just we'll talk in generalities here. Uh, Did you see that, super... John? I, ha- I have not seen it yet. No, I no I, I've watched the review um, with the Red Letter Media guys. Um, I, I tend to get all my movie information from them, even if I don't see it. Yeah. Um, but it sounded like it was an interesting movie. Seeing a review is always it's a good way to filter out movies like, do I really need to see this? How yeah. interesting mm. is it going to be? This one, I can tell you, definitely, you're in for a treat. I mean, it's it's a Jordan Peele film, so they're all very mm-hmm. artsy, and Jeremy can attest to this. There's like some symbolism. You're like, what did that mean? I don't yeah. know. Time to go to the internet and figure it out. 
but it's a lot of fun. The alien there, of course, it, there's no super, that's not a big spoiler. Is that there's an alien, it's a UFO film, but it is like a very unconventional yeah. entity. It is not, it is not what you think it is. Hmm. You think you know, but it's unpredictable. But it's pretty damn cool. Oh, it's so, and scary. Scary, cool, weird, strange. But there's just, there's just things in that film, like Josh was just saying, you know, the interpretation shit. Like you, you see it and then you're like waiting for the explanation and it just never comes. It's like, <laughs> why did they fucking show that? And then, well, he wanted you to think this way or feel that way. But I was like, just, I'm here to watch a, a fucking alien movie. I don't need to deep dive everything I think. watch. Yeah. Just I blow mean, shit up. some people enjoy that kind of thing. No, uh, yeah. You know, uh, you know, I enjoy just, a movie know. that I can go and research stuff on, fa- or not Facebook, on the internet and stuff and find out more stuff about it. I'm just going to rewatch it. Independence Day again. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'll join you on that one. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll see Will Smith uh, smack that alien. Yeah. <laughs> like Chris Rock. He's round two. Never going to hear the <laughs> end of round that. Round one, I guess. No. He's never going to hear the end of that smack, especially from me. I love talking about it. It's, it's, it's fun to talk about, but he's never going to hear the end of it. I don't think Chris Rock will either. It's going to haunt no, them each for, the, for years it's and like years. Like Mike to Tyson come. biting an ear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I guess a lot of people don't talk about that much anymore, unless you're watching a documentary. He isn't known as the ear biter, is he? He's just kind of known as crazy. Well, yeah, now more crazy. You just know he's here. capable of it, though. Oh, Seen yeah. an interview, yeah. like, he oh, could yeah. do it if he wanted to. Stay back, Mike. Don't be biting my ear. <laughs> Bring them ears over here. <laughs> I want to <laughs> nibble. <laughs> I want to nibble. <laughs> okay. <laughs> whose pick is it now i'm i keep forgetting john so i'll fast forward a bit from the 80s into the 2000s and um one of my favorite trilogies is the one with um the egger Wright, um simon Pegg, nick frost yes and of oh, course okay. my yes. this may not be the popular statement but my favorite of the three even though i i love them all is the world's end and in the world the world's end is to me um, it's a, I, again, as I'm getting older and I realize that I, you know, we do things like that. We get together with our buddies we haven't seen in years. We go and do silly things like we used to. And just having that camaraderie and having that build back up of this friendship happen around the end of the world that is centered on this alien invasion, a secret invasion. Uh, it's just awesome. They just really, they, it's a kick-ass soundtrack. The cast is probably the best of the three. Um, Piers Brosnan showing up again and be, being you know involved in, in, in an alien type of invasion movie. Just, just I can't say enough good things about it. And if people haven't seen it, please just you got to watch it. You got you got you got to try it out. It, it definitely has. It is, I think it's aged well too. Mm-hmm. You are like the third person who has spoken highly about that <laughs> film to me. So I guess it's I have to see it. Now. Same. Yep. I love. Yeah, it. if you like beer, if you like beer, it's also uh, uh, again, it, it just kind of brings back those those times you're hanging with your buddies. Yeah, the world, yeah. The, everything's going great. Edgar Wright's films, they encompass they encompass so much. That movie, it's a pub crawl movie. It's a best friend mm-hmm. movie. It's a sci-fi. It's a thriller. It's Invasion of the Body Snatchers, kind of. And yeah. oh my gosh, I love that so much. And, like, and it's a Coronetto. It's it, it yes. wraps up the trilogy. So yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think of those three, I also I want to say that's my favorite. It's so hard to say that because they're all so good. 
Um, but I'm I'm right on right there with you. Absolutely. And the soundtrack is just off the charts. Like, you could win uh, me over on any project with a good soundtrack. Absolutely. Yeah. What, do you it's do you a, know the a, the opening song, opening track, where they're like having the flashback? Um, do you know what the name of that's called? I have the, hard, the hardest time finding the name of that song. Yeah, yeah. I, I have. Well, I have the whole soundtrack on my on my Zoom. I don't really have a Zoom, but it's um. <laughs> Oh gosh! Now, I don't, now I don't want to make you come up with it on the spot, but I'm just no. That, that, that's that's curious. fine. It's it's um, I, I can get it to you. Um, I, I, I can love it. it. It's it's it is. It's it's such a great great um, great opera. A great just. I, I think I just want to go watch it right now. You guys, is that, can <laughs> yeah. we put this on pause and come back? We should all go watch it. Actually, yeah, we'll do a watch party. Yeah, <laughs> I'm down. No, oh, dude. I'll tell you real, real quick, short short side tangent. We had a movie night um, a couple of months, maybe last year, I think it was. We watched all three Cornetto movies in a row, which was like six hours of movie, but it was, it was so much fun. Yeah. Oh, it was great. I did the same thing with my buddy. We were, were at SPX um, Comic Expo down in Bethesda, and we oh. we literally we went back to the hotel room, and we – we had to figure out how to actually play it on the TV. So we we're trying, and he didn't have quite legit versions of them, trying to get them playing through streaming and everything. Uh-huh. We, we managed to make it happen. And it, that in itself was, was, was its own, own thing. But uh, yeah, that we did that back in September of last year. Nice. That sounds like fun. I need to get in on these virtual watch parties. Mm. I think yeah. I'd watch a lot more movies with people if we did it like that. Some of them, you can't do anything except like show an emote on the screen. You just happen to know that someone else is watching it unless you're online with them somehow. Yeah. I think, or you all, you all get Plus a copy. Like you watch that. it independently. Yeah. But that's the press play button. now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I'm lagging. My lagged. My lagged. Everyone pause. <laughs> all right. My, um, my final pick is going to be, have you guys seen the uh, Amy Adams movie arrival? Oh, no? no, 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 actually. I, I've I almost started watching that, and I've seen video essays about it, so I know what it's about, but I have not actually watched it. What about you, John? I have not seen it, and actually, wow. um, it's come up as one of the top the, the top movies in that, uh, beating out Contact with Jodie Foster, right? Which I also that was the seen. one. That, yeah, that was a good one too. That yeah. was really good. That was really good. I almost thought about talking about that one, but I haven't seen that one in so long Same that here. I I'd have to rewatch it before I even thought about talking about it but arrival was amazing because i would imagine that's probably the closest way it would happen i would imagine the way the ship just kind of ominously hung there gravity was different in the ship you know you had to lift yourself up in it via scissor lift but after you got so far into it you'd like fall into the wall and then walk sideways into it it was weird like it had its own gravity inside yeah Mm. it did and then the creatures were See, you guys haven't seen it. I don't want to ruin it, but they were much bigger. And there, it was just, it was her learning how to communicate with these creatures without having, a you know, an ounce of ground to stand on of like starting point. Like, how do you possibly start to communicate with something when they don't know your language? You don't know what this is they're putting up on this big board right. here. You know, you keep trying to decipher the puzzle yourself as you're watching the movie. Like, I'll figure it out before this bitch does, but no, <laughs> you don't. <laughs> you point to yourself and say your name. That's what you do. It is so good, though. It is so good. If you uh, are into that kind of stuff, which it seems like we all very much are, that is a must watch. I wanted to see it. I just never got around to it. And then it 
disappears. Yeah. Jeremy, this is your moment that you've seen something that we have not. Dun, da, da, da. <laughs> Just call me Movie Boy. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, any other picks we have to get off our chest before we move on? I have one real quick one. I'll make it oh. quick. Do it quick. Uh, you've seen it. It's a Vast of Night. Oh, it's I'm the one so that glad I recommended you brought to that you. up. Yes. So glad. A very, very understated UFO movie. It takes place in the 1950s, I believe, in Texas. Yeah. Uh, this guy that works at a radio station, he's in high school, I guess. They're both high schoolers. Yeah. One girl, this girl works at like a switching board, switchboard operator, and he works at a radio station at this very small town. It's the night of the big basketball game. Everyone's congregated. No one's watching the skies. And then who decides to show up? But some UFOs, but you don't really know if it's a UFO, but something weird is happening. I just I love the way that you learn. You learn about it through someone calls into the radio station who mm-hmm. was at Roswell, saw some UFOs. They've got a story to tell. They know what the sound that they're hearing is, or they think he know. You know, it's I love the way that it unfolds the mystery of that one. It was a great hmm. movie. I really wish um that there was another one. You know, I wish yeah. we could see more into that world mm-hmm. because you know there's not like ever a great big there is an unveil but you 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 and when the movie ends you still have questions you still have yeah. so many questions and it will never just be answered you know it's a much more bold and revealing reveal than you would think based on the rest of the film because you're just you're focused on these people things are happening outside of it but you're only getting glimpses or even hints whispers <clears throat> and at the end you see more than you think but then you still have questions yeah yeah Love it. High recommend. It's on Amazon, Vast right? Of night. If you have Amazon, Vast of you can night. watch mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I've not seen it, so oh. de- definitely a watch. Oh. Yeah, it all Let's happens guess. within like a what, like two hour span of that basketball game happening. Yeah, and it's all real. It's real time, so it's like a lot of one takes. So That's what I was going to say. The, it from like... when it starts to when it ends, you it is all. There's no time jumping. It's all, and it's almost all. It feels like one take. You're always with the characters. As they're yeah. experiencing things. So hmm. it's it's awesome. It's good. So good. A lot of good picks. I thought that was a good conversation. Yeah, I enjoyed that. All right. We're going to jump to a quick commercial break. And when we return, we're going to be talking with John about Boots and Pup and so much more. So stick around. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Right on. All right, we are back from commercial break, and once again, joined by John Yaskatis Jr. John, thanks again for being back, man. It's great to have you here again. Hope you're having fun. 
Yeah, no, thanks for having me. I, I've been having a blast. As a matter of fact, I could just talk uh, these movies all night. We can forget about the, the boots and pups side of things. Um, You're on. Because, uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, well, it, it's, it, it is funny, though, in terms of um, just quickly going back there. Um, mm-hmm. The one the one other I, tr- I throw to the world's end and I tack it on is Paul, which is also a, um, I believe it's yeah. an Edgar Wright. Uh, Simon Frost, Nick Pegg, but it's, I mean Nick Frost, Simon Pegg, but it's not a um, one of the Coronettos. I don't think Edgar Wright it, touched it, that it's one. Not Edgar Wright, no. But it was is um, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. They wanted to do that one together. They were like, "We got to do a movie, something." That's right. What are we gonna do? Is Greg Matola was the director yes. on that. Yeah, that's a fun mm-hmm. movie, and I won't spoil anything on it. There's a lot of great cameos in it. Um, it's nerdy. It's takes. There's a Comic Con in it. It's such a good, 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 good flick. Now you're speaking Excellent our pick. language. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so that does sound. Sorry good. about the digression. No, 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 not that was at good. all. Not at all. But how? Um, you know, it's a, once again great to have you back on the show and to catch up with everything that you've uh, had your hands in since we've last spoke. But uh, before we do, can you remind the people who haven't heard you on the show before? Can you tell them about Boots and Pup? Yeah, yeah. So Boots and Pup for me, it's a web comic I created back in 2005. Characters go back even longer than that. They go back to the late 80s for me as a, in high school. Wanted to be a cartoonist, wanted to have these characters. And everyone else was drawing pretty straightforward, straight-laced characters. And I, my head was in the stars. I, you know, I was a, grew up watching Star Wars. I was a Star Trek fan. I, you know, space. You know, my dad was cowboys. I was everything space. Everything had to have a, a rocket ship in it, an alien, a ray gun. And so these two characters kind of came out of that, the love of it. But also I wanted to create something that um, was funny, that I felt was in some ways representative of myself, my personality. And so I, I came up with, with Boots first. Um, and then as I'm looking at this character who kind of seemed like a sidekick, could have been a sidekick to like a human hero or something. I'm like, well, what if a sidekick has a sidekick? And that's where I, I came up with Pup and Pup. You know, they, they've been together pretty much. They have been together ever since. And um, in 2005, I launched them as a web comic, coming up on 18 years. Wow! Uh, done it. Uh, yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I'm planning the big 20 and what to do with them. Um, mm. Last year, I did. I did a whole. I'm sorry, not last year. Two years now. I did a whole slew of new web comics on Instagram. Uh, it was great. They took off. Um, I built a readership that I didn't know that I had, uh, nice. which was really awesome. Uh, took them in places that I normally wouldn't take them, which was kind of um, not quite horror, but more um, the psychological horror. The and it, it just was was a really fun time with them. Um, and in a nutshell, the, the, the two best friends who happen to be aliens from another planet. Um, one is this pretty straight laced, play, plays by the rules type of guy colors in the in in the lines drives in the lines and then pop well that was boots and pup being this um you know he's just a fly by the seat of his pants type of person bringing the two of them together you know and the adventures in some instances just the two of them together they write their own stories because they're they're, they're so much extremes um in personalities and so yeah that's that's been my that's been my jam 2005 that's incredible man again congratulations to you 
Um, you'll have to let us know when the 20th anniversary is coming on because we'll get you back on and we'll uh, help sure. you celebrate proper. But one, you know, you sent us a bunch of comics here, you know, the masked bugs, space derps, and a bunch of pens and stickers, man. Thank you so much for mm-hmm. doing that. Oh, yes. for sure. So very kind well, of it, you to do. No, absolutely. I don't feel like I sent you enough issues. I feel I feel like for some reason I'm thinking it was t- the two of you, and then I'm, I'm, I, I put Randy out of my head. And now there's Josh, so I'll definitely, yeah. I'll, definitely <laughs> I'll definitely have to send a um, send another care package out. Oh, to you, you don't have to spend more. No, it's okay, man. Wow. We can share these. It's no problem. There's more than enough. Caring but, is caring. Yeah, thank you though. I appreciate that gesture. But um, this one here we have in front of us, Space Derps, which is obviously mm-hmm. featuring our Boots and Pup characters. Can you tell us about this book first before we get to the mass bug? Is this uh, just a furthering of those stories, or is this just some of the web comics made in comic book form? Yeah, that's exactly what it was. It's the it's the web comics I produced um, back in the, this twenty twenty one turned into comic book form. I wanted to have something that when I went to comic cons and went to shows, people want to actually hold physical copies of of, of the comics. Um, it was just something to be able to create to do. It was fun because for me it was kind of a throwback to funny animal comics when I was a kid. Um, my dad was a, a comic reader. He read a lot of Donald Duck, Uncle Scrooge comics. Um, they were his way of you know, kind of going off on, on, on adventures in, in reading and understanding. Like if you've never read an Uncle Scrooge comic done by Cal Barks, You've got to do it. It's an amazing adventure. I think I may have said it before. It's in some ways the impetus of Indiana Jones, right? The types yeah. of adventures that they went on. And so for me as a kid reading it, that was these were great. And so this is kind of my wanting to do something similar, something that had the feel. I like to hold something in my hand. I like to have a book that you can flip through and read through. Okay. And I also like to kind of kind of channel in comics classic days and so space derps is that three issues of boots and pup that um take the stories from the web comics it gets a little more cohesive i went back and did some rewriting on it i made sure the story is all interacted uh so 60 pages of um absolute um boots and pup madness um, that's what space derps is it's this um kind of this off the wall side of boots and pup and I, I know exactly what you mean about having having the comic book in hand because it does go a long yeah. way. But what's great about the the people who visit you at the con, you know, this is a you know they pay to get these books, a great jump in point for Boots and Pop. But then they've got the years years and years catalog that they can just visit for free, correct? Or is, is there a that's pay correct, level? Yeah. Or, yeah, no, everything's everything's available for free, and that's what's crazy about us web comic people. We started doing it for free. We started doing it because we, you know, traditional roots really didn't necessarily didn't have a place for us to have our voice. Right. And so we just started to come up with, um, okay, well, well, I mean, I shouldn't say all of us. In some instances, some folks figured out how to monetize it. Um, they were well ahead with the ads. You have people out here out there who are still doing it. I mean, they're doing it longer than I have and doing it full time. And they figured out how to monetize and build their fans. They actually, and they were very quick to make it well on Patreon. They were very quick to make it on Kickstarter. So there's a lot of very big successes that came out of web comics that traditional channels wouldn't allow. I mean, we were, we were the redhead stepchild of comics for a long time. Sure. Before, before um, you, you had the, um, 
webtoons and things like that. I mean, it was really, it, it was a unique community. It still is. Um, but it, you know, you, we, we give stuff away for free. <laughs> I mean, a lot of love, uh, going out right there. I mean, as a creator, just to give something, I mean, I guess we do the same thing, but we're always like yeah. <laughs> doing it with our hand out, like, please just, sure. just a few said, you know what I mean? Um, I mean, it's just kind of what we have to do, I suppose, as uh, creators. You know, we have to get our stuff into people's hands. But Jesus, man, I feel like you are at a point. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to piss any Boots and Pup fans off, but you should be charging. <laughs> you should be getting. You should be getting something for this. Well, and so, and that, then that's where having the books, having ha- having something that people can physically walk away, that people can order. I mean, one of my my biggest projects, and I don't want to cause a glare if you can see it or can't see it, is is the inspired laziness graphic novel. I know you guys have copies of this because yeah, it yeah. was, um, you know, 2014. I, I I published I published it in smaller versions before that in, in different volumes, but it was a 176 page graphic novel. Um, you know, I take this to comic cons. I've sold this all over the country. This book is sold more out of my hand than a lot of books being published by publishers, right? Like, wow. So there are people out there willing to to do this, and you can go on Amazon right now and buy a copy of it. Um, but there is opportunity for people who want to have the stories, want to read it, be, want to physically hold it. I guess it goes back yeah. to that statement: you want to have something in your hand. You can hold something that can go on a bookshelf, something that can be part of a collection, something that someone can sign. I mean, yeah. I've I've signed a lot of these things, but it, it's something I'm proud of. I'm proud of Boots and Pop. I'm proud of what I've done with them. And I, I don't know where they're going to go quite yet. I mean, I kind of do, kind of don't. Um, but definitely 2020 is going to, I'm 20, sorry, 2025 is going to be a, a big deal for me because doing anything for 20 years that isn't a, a, something that you just do as a biological biological entity. I haven't done, so right. this is um, quite a milestone. One thing I wanted to ask you about uh, when it comes to boots and pup is on your Instagram. I think it's been about maybe a month ago. You put a you put a post up that was saying, "Here's a new look at boots and pup." Like you were drawing mm-hmm. them a little bit differently, and you were. It seemed like in that post you were kind of like uh, taking like maybe it started as just a doodle, but you really liked what you were seeing, and like ever since then seeing the development of this new kind of look of Boots and Pup. Is that the future of Boots and Pup? Is that just for a storyline? Are you able to say, you know, what we're seeing there? Well, so what's great about what I do is I can change my mind in a moment's notice, and there's not an army of people saying I can't. Um, One of the things I I do try to do is I try to find ways of refreshing, um, ways of reconnecting, ways of connecting with a new audience. Um, I connected with the last round of comics, with an audience I didn't know I had. And it was really, really eye-opening because they, in a way, taught me more about what they like, and that was reflective in the comic. And so what I'm, what I'm kind of looking to do is, in some ways, streamline the process so that I can make the comics quicker and I can put out more. Um, another way is, and this is just my, you know, the way that my brain works, is I want to maximize the space because if, if I'm going to be doing this and I'm going to be doing it primarily not even on the web anymore, but doing it on some a platform like Instagram, yeah. I only have that small square mm, and that, sure. that square, I have, I want to be able to tell as much story as possible in it. And one of my setbacks is that boots is almost twice the size of pup. And when you put them together, you, you're only pup get, can get really small. Some of the detail gets lost in boots. So there's a bit of a technical aspect there. Um, but see. also I, 
I think that there's a, a flavor and a feel for the comics. So this new round of comics may be more, more lighthearted. They may be more just kind of slice of life, something that um, can reproduce small if I wanted to do smaller book collections. Or it can be reproduced really big and really impactful uh, because the, the characters are so compact. Sure. Will I go that route? I always, if you go back to my history of Instagram, you're going to see where I've redesigned them a few times over the past um, maybe five years. Never really did much with them, but it, uh, it kind of gets my, my juices going for, for new stories. Okay. Well, I love the look. I got to say, I love the way they look. Um, not that I dislike the way they look before, but um, it's definitely intriguing. I see what you're talking about now, having that Instagram medium and their size difference and stuff, kind of leveling that out. Things I would never think about, but that's why you're a comic creator and I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. No, web comic creator. I, I think I like that, that, that much better. I think it sits more because from a comic standpoint, I'm a hack. Oh no, come on, yeah. John! Oh no, no, it's 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 okay. We can we can we can say that it's um. I I feel like my legacy has been in the web. I've learned. I've been able to see myself and where I where I fit in there. Um, but also, it was punk rock for for the longest time. I mean, we we did we didn't get any respect, and those of us that got respect and were able to either break into syndication or were able to take their web comic to higher, higher levels of, of entertainment, you know, like that, that, that was, it's, it was an emerging art form really. Right. It only goes back to the, like the late nineties. See, that's even surprising to me. I wouldn't even think it to be around that long. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, there's some out there that like schlock mercenary was one of the older ones. Right. And I think everyone has either, either heard of that or read it. Like there's, yeah, there's a lot of, I could talk web comics for hours. I can talk to people behind it, but, uh, if, if you're ever curious or interested, just take a you know a dive into Wikipedia because what you'll find yourself doing is you'll find yourself going to the Wayback Machine and looking at some of the old websites that got archived that have some of these comics on there that you can't find anymore because hosting goes away. People, sure. I, I can list off ten web comics that were amazing that you can't read right now because. They stopped being made, and hosting stopped existing, and those comics don't exist anymore. Or they exist in, mm. on somebody's hard drive in, in, in the UK. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm so afraid about, uh, you know, when the day comes that we stop doing this. I want it to always still, you know, the journey we took doing this show to always be available for someone to hear should they ever be interested. But like you said, the second you stop paying those hosting fees, it's gone. You're gone for good, yeah. So... You know, YouTube is the only thing that really screams out to me as far as podcasts goes. I'm sure there's other ways, but who knows? I'll have to cross that bridge when the day comes. No day, no yeah, day soon. It's, <laughs> it's very, it, it, it's one of those things we don't think about till it's too late. And yeah, um, if I, and if I was to digress just a, one more step, when I was in college, um, I used to do all my pro, my art projects late at night. And I'd listen to um, AM radio. And one of the shows I listened to was a show called Coast to Coast AM. Mm. It was uh, by a guy named Art Bell. Oh, and yeah. Art Bell, he's the guy that introduced me to all the crazy conspiracy theories about UFOs, aliens, lizard people, shadow people. And I just listened for hours and work and look forward to it every night. And I, I learned so much about something that was in a lot of ways so useless because, again, it's just fantasy from a standpoint. But it was so entertaining. It was so so amazing. And to this day, now 
hunting down and finding radio broadcasts of IFL are getting harder and harder. Now, yeah. archive.org, people are uploading um, what they have, but it required somebody to record it to be able to put it there. And if, yeah. it, it's just, yeah, it's just, it's just crazy that we're, we think that this is forever, but it really isn't unless we, we take the steps to do something about it. Some of those Art Bell uh, episodes that you can find on YouTube are like, like you were saying, like recordings of recordings. And when, you know, already that show, like the call in people was just, I think him just kind of setting his like phone receiver like next to the <laughs> mic. Like it was already kind of mm -hmm. hard to hear some of those callers, at least in some of his early episodes. I think, you know, as it went on, they worked those bugs out a little bit more, but um yeah, it's a scary thing because, you know, Art Bell is in the, in the world of radio. I mean, he's it, that's a name most people know, if not everyone. Uh, and to think that, you know, his catalog or his work or his, you know, his, his what's the word I'm looking for? Legacy. I, I guess his legacy <laughs> could be lost so easily. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think he, I think that I feel like there's a bit of a resurgence in a, or a bit of a an exploration and people finding his work again. But unfortunately, you know, there was a trade of hands with the show. So yeah. he, he moved on and then, uh, you know, they had another person take over. So that person is now the legacy of the show. And that he actually might've been doing it now longer than I was doing it. Yeah. Uh, so it, yeah, it, it is. How do we find out about this? But then again, there's a cool aspect of it too, because, you know, before, you know, Johnny Cash became a thing again, he went away and nobody knew who really cared or, or who he was until that movie hit. And all of a sudden, everyone's a Johnny Cash fan. So hopefully yeah. there's something in the works that brings Art Bell back. And and hopefully at one point, they, you know, he can say, hey, I was right. Well, he can't now because we lost him a few years ago. Right. But hopefully, you know, they can say he was right. You know, when John Lear was right about disclosure, right? Like there are aliens, they are visiting us and heaven help us because there's a probe meant for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're wrong about that last yeah, detail. Seriously. John. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> but you know, I, I think it, you, you know, kind of answered your very question there, you know, the sudden resurgence in art bell. Well, Christ. Yeah. The Pentagon is releasing all this stuff again. They're like, Hey, this guy was onto something maybe. <laughs> And, you know, I'm finding out that there are parks, and I just saw this on Trash News the other day, and I didn't see exactly what parks they were talking about, but there are parks in the world, like big national, like forests and stuff that have like Bigfoot habitat signs and stuff up. Like, <laughs> what? Just for those certain people. I don't know if they're doing it to humor. They've got to be, right? I, I would mean, think what the fuck? So. Yeah. Why would yeah. they spend their waste time? I don't know. I mean, if they can secure a grant to set aside some land for Bigfoot, I mean, they might, but <laughs> it's it's fun. It's more fun to believe that these things are real. You know, it adds yeah. a little extra spice in your life. Maybe it's not, but you know what? It's more fun to believe that it is. But, but at what point do the... I'm sorry. Oh, no, I just said I agree. Oh. Continue. I'm sorry. I was just... Well, I was going to say, at what point do the UFO... Um, believers and the bigfoot believers become polar opposites because one now is mainstream and the other one is still considered fringe right yeah. so again are they uh, will they be fighting will they be at protests against each other um will they <laughs> will it become like star trek and star wars right will there yes. be the what will, will will there be a, a that, that movie that you know pull that that really shows that they're at each other's throats like it's i guess stranger things have happened no doubt <laughs> 
There's an alien rally, and all of a sudden, a bunch of Sasquatch lovers come out and start taking <laughs> the price down. Drive a van right through the crowd. <laughs> yeah, a dude in a Bigfoot cosplay comes up and just knocks over a sign. Yeah, <laughs> bunch of guys in the uh, in, what was that? The beef jerky Sasquatch costumes out <laughs> the there. Jack with Link's. sign. Jack Links. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, Jack Links. But um, Gosh. anyway, you see how easily we fall down the hole of the absurd and the obscure and. <laughs> I'm happy to fall down that hole, but I still have to ask John about another comic here, The Masked Bug. Now, when I, we open this package, this is the first time I remember seeing this one. Um, is this another yeah. one that you have as a webcomic that you're just, you know, you have these physical forms or is this, you know, a story stands on its own here? Yeah, so it's a comic. It's an honest-to-goodness comic book. I don't think you're going to find a digital. I don't think you'll find a web version of it. This is my um, homage to superheroes of days past because while you know other kids were reading spider-man comics i was reading uncle scrooge when i finally got into superhero comics i was reading you know 1950s or 1960s superheroes um i was reading the things that people didn't know about i was reading the spirit while nobody else was reading the spirit all my friends were collecting x-men so this is sort of this is was my i i, I guess uh, yeah my love story with those types of superheroes sure um, and, and if you, you can notice that he's got bug eyes, he's got eyes similar oh, yeah. to boots. That's kind of the connection back to the comic and my style. Um, and so this is something I began working on in right after college. So I graduated in 93 and, you know, it was on my drawing board. I did a lot of work developing characters, developing the story. Um, I had drawn out the first issue, uh, and, didn't really uh, really do much with it. I put it away, went off, got a real job, right? Like everybody does. Yeah. And then sir. I kind of, I kind, of, I had forgotten about it. And then as I was bringing Boots and Pup out, and you know, with Boots and Pup, I had to kind of make them fit into Comic Cons because they were a web comic. Very few web comic people were going to Comic Cons because they had nothing to sell. They weren't putting them into boots. Uh, it was into books. So, you know, I started putting. Them Boots and pup into comics and and floppies and books. I'm like thinking, wow, here I am making comics now. When I was thinking that I would wouldn't do this, why am I not taking this mass bug character that I created all the way back then, um, which is ninety four, ninety five? Why didn't I Why didn't I make a comic for him and I could be selling this comic? So, but then then the, the thing is, well, because if I focus now on mass bug, I can't focus on boots and pup. The graphic novel doesn't get created. Um, now all of a sudden I have, I'm paralyzed with all these things, this uh, paralyzed by choice and not really doing anything. So what I did do is I grabbed some of the artwork I had finished, put it into a black and white comic and I brought it to comic cons and people that knew me, people that were other artists, people that were friends with me. And they saw this, they're like, especially comic fans, like, you know, the comic fans that I'm friends with are very respectful of Boots and Pop. They're not really the types of comic, the, the type of key, the, the tea, but Mass Bug is. And they're like, why aren't you making this comic? Oh, my gosh. I'd pay for this. I'd put this in my comic shop. I'd do all these things with the, you know, this comic. Like, you've got to do this. You've got to do something with them. Like, oh, hold on. Let me get through Boots and Pup first. <laughs> and so I got to the point where I finished off the Space Drop storyline. I'm like, man, I just want to make um, – I just want to go back and pull my, pull all my notes out, pull all my drawings out, and I want to finish the story off. And so this is interesting because this is 20-something-year-old me who had started this. Now, now all of a sudden, 
50-something-year-old me is finishing it. And mm-hmm. it was it was kind of crazy. It was kind of fun. Um, looking back at where, where I had begun and now where, I, where I've ended, like, it was – had I have done this back then and finished it and let it go, it would have been done. I would have gotten out of my system and there would have been nothing, nothing to it. But I guess holding off really allowed me to make the best comic I can make um, with, with what I know now, but also staying really true to what I was doing back then. Uh, every panel, uh, every page is exactly how I laid it out back in my 20s. I didn't want to change it. I didn't want to all of a sudden make, I can make a better math bug. No, I want to make right. the math bug. That, so it's like I hopped in a time machine and said, hey, let me go finish that. You know, like Doc Brown shows up crazy, a crazy guy. I go, no, no, no. Here, this is what it should look like. And, That's really so cool, it, though. Yeah. It, it's, it's, been a, it's been a really fun project. Your younger self working with your current self. Like, it, like what a collaboration. Thank you. And I, I brought on um, – so I only collaborated with myself with everything. Boots and Pup, everything you look at from cover to cover – whether it be the artwork, the coloring, the lettering, the story, that's a hundred percent me. Um, I didn't, I, I don't collaborate well with people. Uh, I knew I've known that for some time. So it's just a hundred percent expression. People come to me at comic cons like, well, Oh, are you the writer? I'm like, no, I'm everything. I'm, I even made this sign that you're seeing in front of you <laughs> or the sign behind you. Um, in some instances, these books were handmade books. As a matter of fact, those math bug books, they're, it's a low run preview copy that I actually um, had printed at a printed at a print shop, and I hand cut those for you guys. Are you so serious? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Space stirrups too. If you're, uh, I guess now I'm I'm wow. ruining it for everybody. But if you picked up a copy of space stirrups for me, there's not going to be there's not too many copies out there. Those are really for comic cons. Those are really for people to walk away with something. So um, you're not going to be finding thousands and thousands of copies. So. Yeah, those yeah, <laughs> those mass bugs are. Um, <laughs> yeah, are yeah, I well, I can, like I said, I can get I can get you another one. Um, but this is the first time with the mass bug. I actually did bring in somebody after I was done. I, I wrote the story, I drew it, and I thought, you know, I'm going to put this out to the world. But I, I really think I need to bring on an editor. Never worked with an editor before. I've always kind of done everything ad hoc. So on this one, I brought in. A really good friend of mine who I I feel like was on your show, and if not, I I I, I, I apologize. But um, this person, um, they are a very very celebrated author. Uh, they have a book coming out um, actually next month called Paper Planes. Um, uh, it's a writer named Jenny Wood. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I feel yeah, like Jen- yeah, from Flutter. So Jenny was on. Yeah, absolutely. So Je- Jenny is my editor on this. And wow. when I asked when I asked them, I thought, would you even want to take on something like this? Because it's really it's kind of a vanity project for me. It's it's something that may only get one issue, even though I do have four issues planned. Um, and they, they were they, they, they were happy to do it. And the feedback I got back was amazing. Like literally, it's a 24-page comic. I got 22 pages of notes. Wow! Um, it was awesome. And and what happened in in this is that all of a sudden that person, that 20-something-year-old kid that was writing this, came back because it, through their eyes, we're able to say, "What makes this fun? How can you make this book more fun? What what is it? Let, 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 what can you double down on to, to make this?" something that people really want to hold and people really want to read. And it was, um, 
like it, it was it was it was like a, all of a sudden the floodgate opened up i'm like wow i'm having fun again with this i'm having fun with the colors i'm having fun with the terminology i'm like i gotta have more bug references in here why wasn't i even thinking that so they really, really, really brought a, a level of, of gloss to this and also um, someone who I really trust their opinion. Um, so I, I got to thank Jenny for taking me over the line with this. And then my buddy Tony as well and my buddy Joe, they, these who get I've dedicated into the books as well. They really have been along for the whole ride. And then when I say the whole ride, all the way back to 2012 when I first pulled these guys out or pulled this wow. character out. Yeah. Sorry, I, I talk a lot, don't I? I get a lot of words out there. For no, the, um... man, I'm hanging on every word, though. <laughs> no, it's guess. very interesting. It's very interesting. So my next question was going to be, but you kind of answered it already. You know, you were saying, like, this is something you had to get off your chest. I was going to say, uh, you know, are these four episodes, or excuse me, are these four issues you getting it off your chest? Or do you see it possibly going past those four? Right now, I see it as the four issues. In some ways, I thought it could be six, but I also have to be realistic. If I'm going to be working on another Boots and Pop project, six issues are going to be uh, much more monumentally difficult than doing four. Um, I think I can get the story done in four. Um, it's not, you know, there's not a lot to say, but there's a lot that I want to say. Um, and the, the, And where this character... You know, I wanted to have a true origin story, which issue number one is. And then I want to take the character all the way as far as I can take them by the fourth issue. So we're going to see time jumps happening. Um, and we kind of see the relationship along the way. Um, as much as this is Wally's story, the main character, Wally Good, who becomes the mass bug. It's also Margot Reed's story. And Margot Reed is his on-again, off-again girlfriend who um, is the straight person to the craziness. But seeing, I, I definitely have uh, where the two begin and where the two end. Um, and I wanted, you know, I, I don't necessarily know that's going to be a happy ending, but I think it's going to be a, it's going to be a good ending. Um, so yeah, it's a, I'm excited. I'm excited, really excited. And I don't know what I'm going to do with it. I thought I was going to crowdfund it. I don't know yet. Um, I feel like, yeah, I see my, some of my friends uh, doing amazing crowdfunding. They kicking ass and i'm seeing people like oh they can't even get a hundred bucks i'm like uh oh yeah. uh what am i going to do now i mean so i don't know i don't really know where it's going to be um so bear with me um you can if anyone's interested in following along on, on instagram uh the the masked bug all one word you can follow me there or you can always follow me at boots and pup because I'm talking a lot about the mask bug there, even though people who read Boots and Pup don't care about it. <laughs> Again, you know, they're like, they're like, you know, we want more Boots and Pup. Like, yeah, but this is the mask bug. This is the this is the next best thing. No, no, no. We just want Boots and Pup. You know what you have so, to do now is just say they're in the same universe and start putting them in each other's comics. Yeah, really. Then <laughs> <laughs> what are they going to do? <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, I, but I, I, I get though that you know. They're different types of fans. They're different types sure. of readers. And, but this is truly squarely based in comics. This is it's a floppy. You're going to have to hold it in your hand to read it, unless somebody scans it for you and puts it online. Well, let's hope not. We want them to buy it. We want yeah. them to have it in hand. Can they? You said they can get it at, online. Not yet. No. I I, so like you guys have. I, there are thirty copies out there in the world. You you have. I believe I sent you two copies. You did. Yep. 
Sorry, Randy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think we have an episode title. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so, so right now, and those are pre- preview copies for people, folks to read. Uh, hopefully this nice things to be said, but also I'm encouraging when I do print it, um, I would like to do a letters column like old classic comics oh, have. Wow. I love people. I love people to send me letters on these and say, so I can put it, put it in there. Um, just make it make it have that experience I had as a kid and just reading comics, you know. Um, there's some really fun stuff out there right now that people are doing that have that are trying to grasp that old that feel of of reading a comic back when you were a kid. One of them right now is a comic called Dwellings, which I think that you guys should totally look into and and interview the guy that does that. It's um they're on to the fifth issue. Um, I think I have number four right here um I, it's it, oh, it's wow. in the it's in this vein of the old hobby comics by jay stevens oh okay uh, he's been around making doing all alternate comics for a long time he's got it down to when you're flipping through the colors are off like an old comic it it, it looks like newsprint huh. like it's just it's just a really fun experience for comics and i'd love to see more things like that out there so um dwellings is definitely something i would i would highly recommend it yeah, so just want to capture that spirit of, of comic readers. Man, you just jogged my mind just saying Harvey Comics it by itself. <laughs> like that what was that like Wendy the Witch and mm-hmm. Casper, Casper the Ghost yeah. and Baby Richie Huey, Rich. Richie Rich. Yeah. And yeah. some good stuff there. That's Thanks. awesome you want to put letters in the back because I actually said ask Jeremy if there were when I picked this up to look to see in the back. That was just one of the best things yeah. about yeah, those old <laughs> comics, man. I, even still, when I pick yeah. up an old Marvel comic, I still read like the bullpen or oh yeah, uh, Stan soapbox. Stan soapbox. Yeah, yeah. that shit. That shit was so much fun to read. Yeah, and I'm, I'm probably do a text story in there as well. It's right now you have 24 pages. I think the goal is to get it to 32. Um, again, whether it's Kickstarter or whether it's a just straightforward solicitations through previews, whether I take it to a publisher, I don't know. Um, I've never re- worked. I, Everything I've always done, I've done it on my own. But like this is, I definitely want to. If it belongs in a comic shop, it belongs to comic readers. We're gonna uh, put links up for Boots and Pup. Obviously, I didn't know Thank Instagram. You. Uh, you had an Instagram for the Mass Bugs. So we're gonna have to get on that and follow you there too. But Thank you. aside from the website, uh, you know, where else should people be directed, man? Wow, let's see. So. Last year, I um, I became a member of the National Cartoonist Society, so I have a little blurb wow. up there you can find me on. Yeah, yeah, it was mind blown, right? Like these are things; these are fun things. I, I feel like that scrappy, you know, be, being a scrappy web comic artist, being punk in, in terms of comics, but not so much punk like alternative. Um, just but seeing it happen, becoming all of a sudden not not like being part of the group and being acknowledged that way. It's been fun. Um, so you can definitely find me there. Um, let's see. I'm at new comic cons in the area. Um, I'm in the New England area. I'm in, so I'll be in a lot of Massachusetts shows. Um, I have a kids con coming up, um, for one day in somewhere in Boston on June 3rd. It's, um, Oh gosh, I'm drawing a blank. Oh boy. Um, but I would it, help it, you, but I just I don't know. I, I just uh, and I'm only drawing I'm only drawing a blank because I'm talking faster than my brain's processing. I hate when that. Um, I should have had a, I should have had a list of this. Um, well, just just jump ahead. I'll be at Trificon in Connecticut, um, which is my first time there. That's the end of July. That looks to be amazing. It's a three day show. It has a lot of people there that I really 
enjoyed reading in the comic world. Uh, Ron Friends is going to be there. I don't know if you guys have had a chance to interview him. He's a, he on video. So. He's an off. He's he's an awesome interview. Watching him talk about you know coming up in comics in the I think the late seventies into the eighties and the nineties. His Spider Girl stuff as well with um, Tom DeFalco, right? Like these guys, like people that I just loved. I consumed all of their stuff. Joe Duffy's going to be there, who is a wow. amazing writer working on Marvel comics. So I'm like turning into like this uber fan <laughs> for the show. So definitely, if you're in the Connecticut area um, or the Mass or anywhere in New England, Terrificon's looking to be like a, a wonderful con. That's awesome. You're nice. going to be there, elbow to elbow, with all these people that you love and admire, man. I mean. You know, you, you said that you don't make comics, you make web, web comics earlier, something to that effect, like kind of downplaying your mark on the comic community. And I, comics are comics, bro, no matter where they're coming yeah, from. And yeah. you do, you do, you're so fucking good at it. You're so great at what you oh, do. Thank you. Please don't ever disparage yourself as a comic creator, like thinking like I, I only make web comic. Dude, that's a, that's comics. <laughs> that's comics. I can't believe that there are people that are like, oh, that's not my kind of comic with the mass bug because I'd like the heck out of both when I of them. first opened that package I'm like oh this is Jack all over it it's got Jack <laughs> all over it yeah yeah it but. definitely has a, this def, I can definitely know who the reader will be for this comic and I was uh, I actually had a debut um, well kind of a preview of it at a show here in Boston called Wicked Comic Con and the attention I got was amazing and more so the attention I got from just like, you could tell that you, these are comic fans. These guys love comic books. Mm -hmm. They just coming out, reading it and like just everything about it. Like, I love this. I love what I'm seeing. So it made me feel really good about the project. um, putting it out there. And yeah, I guess um, I probably should stop referring to us versus them in terms of comics, but I have so much respect for people who do this day in and day out. So much respect for people who have been doing it for decades and creating. The last thing I want to do is just assume that in my little world that what I'm bringing to the table either compares or, you know, should be side by side with some of the greats. And I think it's out of more out of respect that I'm, I kind of kick myself into this world of webcomics because, you know, w- the joke is we're still trying to figure out how to make money off of the comics we give away for sure. Free. So, yeah. But, you know, the impact on the reader is I think the same, you know, I know you, I know you wish you could be making money on it. Christ, we sit in that same hole for the past 10 years. Like, how do we week. make this profitable? Yeah. But, you know, we still would do it just because it's so much fun. And the listener is none the wiser, you know, to them, it's just the entertainment value is, it's just awesome yeah. to hear someone come back and say, Hey, I really liked listening to that episode or dug this, dug yeah. that. Of course we wish we could have got paid, but I don't know. I don't feel like I'm saying my point here, but uh, I think you get the gist of what I'm getting at. I do. I do. I, I, you guys are a scra- scrappy podcast um, in, in terms of what you're doing. Watching you grow has been awesome. Um, what, seeing some of the folks that you brought on, and it's, I'm, I'm not even like, I'm not something that I'm surprised, but again, I think I go back to I'm proud of what you've been able to do here. Because you are, you're bringing on people that you respect, people you like. You're not just doing it because someone offers somebody who's trying to sell something. Looking yeah. at looking Thank at your you. ca- the, 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 look looking at your episodes, you know, time after time, we're just seeing what fandom wants, what we want to consume, what we want to hear, and we're also hearing intelligent people having intelligent conversations with people that. I may not have known anything about them. And at the end of it, I'm like, I'm like, wow, I really dig what you're doing. I really like you had Tom Hanks's 
brother on i didn't know i didn't even know that was a thing like i didn't either yeah. and after the interview i'm like wow this i i my hat's off to this guy that like and and just like there was like there's a lot going on for you guys that really you know it makes me happy to see that and that you, you're going to be hitting 500 episodes i hope that you have it i hope you have a big one planned for that one there's already some yeah. ideas of Stu, and some of which I have to keep top secret, even from everyone here. Yeah, but, <laughs> but there are there are things there are things brewing. It's going to be a big one if everything goes off the way. I'm hoping we'll see. Yeah, but thank you no, for those awesome. kind words, John. Yes, that, that really does much. mean a lot to hear someone say that. Thank you. You're, you're very welcome, and thank you for having me in your in your home. Anytime, man. You're always welcome back. We need to start doing this more than like every hundred episodes or something <laughs> like that. Let's make it a little bit more frequent. This is too much fun. Absolutely game. Awesome. John, thanks so much again for being here. And Jack, what do we have on the website? Go to candarepodcast.com where you can listen, like, follow, subscribe, become a patron, buy some merch. And if you'd like to be a guest and promote your work, send us an email on our contacts page. And don't forget to find us on Twitter at candarepod and Instagram at canned underscore air. And just like Jack was saying, candarepodcast.com. The merch tab, the Patreon tab. I don't need to explain what those things are at this point, I think. I, I mean, Christ, I'm kicking a dead horse. What about the new listener? What's on a merch What's page? a Patreon? <laughs> okay, you give us money, you get stuff in return. There you go. Bare, bare minimum explanation there. What am I forgetting? Uh, Evergreen Podcast. Check them out. That's our network. I need to change the verbiage there. I always say, what am I forgetting? I never forget. I just should say, I just be like, Jack, talk pass. about Evergreen. Yeah. <laughs> You fall in routine, you know? Mm -hmm. Anyway, Josh, thank you so much for being here, man. You got a little quiet there at the end, but I was, I wouldn't. No, I was very much engaged in listening and also looking at the Boots and Pup and uh, Masked Pug uh, Instagram pages. Oh, I gotcha. Reading up. Mm -hmm. Well, as always, we appreciate you being here, sitting in. And uh, I meant what I said earlier. I, I really look at you as, as like the fourth member of the show. We've never had a fourth member, but I'd mm. say if we do, it's it's you, right? I mean, I would on. say so. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You can call oh. me the sidekick, sidekick. I'll be I'll be the pup in this scenario. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we might yeah. just start calling Why you pup. pup. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, we, we have to go that far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sentiment is nice. <laughs> Gives us his idea and then he changes his mind. Right? On it. Man. <laughs> All Did right. I tell you he's a hobo? <laughs> oh, well, well, I got the beard. I could, I could go hobo, maybe. Yeah, and you also carry that bindle around all the time. So, uh, well, Just on Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. So <laughs> all right, enough of our shenanigans. Uh, I think that's going to do it for this week. So until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. And I'm Josh Bellis. And I'm John Yuskatis. Thank you so much for listening, everyone, and be excellent to each other.
here? I thought you were grounded. My parents are mean, so I'm running away from home. Where you gotta go? I don't know yet, but that'll show them. <laughs> it sure will. Shipwreck! Parents just don't understand, and it gets lonely on the road, so be sure to listen to the Candare podcast. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. This has been a Canned Air production. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.